millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Good evening, TC. Good evening, Gabby. And welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's The Curran View with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening free to the first half on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via either Apple or become a Patreon. All the W's.patreon.com forward slash SRB media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View, on Facebook, The Current View and Instagram, or join the group, which is over 3,200 members strong. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Again, stumbled my way through that one, TC, but this is the way we roll. Yes, it's the way you roll anyway. We don't plan nothing. We just have a little uh, one or two bullet points um, and then we just proceed with the podcast. We don't know where we're going. We don't know really what we're going to be talking about. We let it flow and that's how players or good players play the game of association football. I know that the weekend... You might might do that, but I'm in here all day writing things down and everything. (laughs) Well, it was all right on the night last night because football did return. Sadly, with the passing of the Queen, the games were suspended the weekend. So have you sourced any magic moments for us this week, TC? Yes, I've gone for um, two things in the the Liverpool game. You're sounding a bit Uh, echoey at the moment. Can you hear me now? Because I didn't have it close to to the phone. Yeah, if you get yourself close to the phone phone and your earpiece etc we're good right. to go right uh the two 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 uh magic moments kudas's goal for uh ajax spot on uh and the uh ball down the line i don't know the player played the ball down the line but it was an absolutely fabulous goal and i know people criticized the defending for uh, the, the lad coming back on uh, back on himself and playing the ball into uh, kudas but I keep telling you all this. You can be the best defender in the world. When someone runs at someone and throws that shoulder, yep. that's all it needs to, to deflect that player the wrong way. And that the player on the ball is past him. John Robertson, what an absolutely genius at that. No pace yep. whatsoever. You know, and the one to criticise uh, defended. No, the attacker, uh, it was a magic piece of work. But the goal itself and the ball down the line were two magic moments for me. Absolutely fabulous. And this kid, uh, Mohamed Kudus, Kudus, it's not the first time he's scored an exceptional goal. He scored one against Rangers. And if you remember when I was in Turkey, one of my magic moments when I returned was I do a, remember. Yeah, fella's goal. It was a volley for Ajax against PSV Eindhoven. I was standing in the Casablanca restaurant watching the game, and it was one of them, what 
a goal moment. So this kid produces many magical moments. He is one to watch. I believe he's 20, uh, 22 years of age and a Ghana international. So uh, look yeah. at the name, uh, Mohamed Kudas or Kudus. I mean, you're right. We don't talk about, we don't plan anything. When we take Rangers and Celtic in Scotland, mm -hmm. right, uh, and then you take Ajax, which is a smaller country Correct. Uh, than, than Scotland, yep. right? Uh, and I know Ajax uh, dominate in that league, but you look at the difference where our Ajax sell multi-million pound players. Spot on. Still keep producing top managers and keep producing, when they lose the managers, and keep producing some unbelievable players. Uh, not only for uh, the Dutch League, but throughout Europe itself. You know, it's it's amazing the coaching and how they uh, find these gems, whether it's through their own system or they find them on the continent uh, and sell on for big money. So, I've always felt sorry for Rangers of Scotland money-wise, but when you look at it, they do dominate the, the Scottish uh, Premier League, Celtic and Rangers. The football's getting a little bit better, but when you look at Ajax, how, how they produce, you never complain about selling players, mm. right? Mm. And we make excuses for Celtic and Rangers. And I'm not calling them, but for what anyone says anything about it, I'm just trying to look at the two small countries and how, the, how, how one country or football uh, team or club uh, produces players and sells for multi-million pound, uh, multi-million pound transfers, yet Rangers in Scotland are buying really from smaller well, smaller leagues than any, anywhere else. Uh, they may sell on, but they don't sell on for big money like Ajax do. Absolutely spot on, TC, and you're right. I think I'm not too sure the... Um... How many people live in Scotland compared to Holland? Holland is a small country. I believe professional football only really started in the 60s. It was an amateur game it, before it did. then. You're right, you, it did. Mm. And, it was 100%. I mean, I'll, Gabby, when I look at football and travelled all over the place uh, through being a professional footballer, yeah. I used to look at, you know, the... Um, the training facilities that these clubs had, yeah, uh, and and how really amateurish some of the professional teams were. They called, you know, they're running about the English, but when how it's all turned around now, it's it it's hoods what looks amateurish, and these, I mean, Turkey, we have been disrespectful to Turkey. Look how far they've come, yeah, in this last 30, 30 40 years, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, all right, they're not winning Champions Leagues, but look where they get with the with the World Cup. Yeah, you know that they're the producing fabulous footballers, and what we've done, we've we fell by the wayside uh, with with everything. Our coaching, I just hope that Potter can take or give our coaching uh, coaches a lease of life uh, to take it on to to take them onto the next level. Stop fear, fearing fear, and start producing quality training, coaching and producing top English young footballers. 
absolutely spot on. Can't disagree with, with any of that. Belgium is another small country. So when people say, oh, it's only a small country and there's not that uh, many competitive games and we haven't got the money, you're absolutely spot on. Holland have been able to do it from the days of just turning professional uh, to, to now. If you look at the 70s, dominated European football in the 70s, not just with Ajax or Feyenoord before them, but Ajax, but the Dutch national side. Holland have, have had a history of fantastic football players that they've had come through their systems, particularly Ajax. They, in the olden days, West Ham were always known as the Academy of Football. Well, Ajax's academy is greater, arguably, than any other academy Pound for pound, anywhere, any, anywhere on the planet, too. So oh, yeah, but that, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, that what you just said is right. It's it's spot on because they produce. I mean, Ajax. I know Cruyff uh, were there. They won the uh, the Champions League, European Cup, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Three years in in, in, a, in a row. Yeah, and in, nine, like that. and in 1970, it was it was Feyenoord that won it in 70. Then Ajax won it in 71, 72, 73. So for four years on the spin, the, the Dutch won the European Cup. And then in 74 and 78, of course, got to two World Cup finals. The 70s was the um, those halcyon days of Dutch football. But they've continued to do so. They've continued to blood and find new talent from, you know, from the the playgrounds of the Dutch schools, brought them through their academies. And when you look at the Dutch, they always play a great brand of football, don't they? Always play the passive game and total football, not being afraid to get the ball down and play. I, I get the, I get the, it doesn't, size doesn't matter in Holland. Over here, it's all about size. Is he athletic? In Holland, the philosophy is: can he get the ball down and can he play? And can he play off two feet? When you look, when you look at Holland, and and I don't like using this word because everybody uses it in football or any in any, any, any walk of life. It ain't rocket science yep. what they do. There's something telling you there's something wrong with our coaching system. When not only do they produce play, top players, yep. they produce top top coaches. Yep. I watched a program on uh, YouTube uh, on an Holland coach at Tottenham. Now, Tottenham is one of our elite clubs. Yeah. It's always been a massive club. You know, you don't won European Cups and things like that, but it's, it's still a big club in England. Yes. Right? And I watched the, this coach uh, about two years ago, or maybe three years ago. In fact, I posted it up on, on my, uh, when I was putting a lot of football on, on my wall. Yeah. And you could see the frustration with the Dutch coach. How we were trying to teach the goalkeepers and the players uh, to play out from the back. Mm. And when I watched it, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, myself, why don't you get this? When you receive the ball, open your body right up, break wide quickly, right? Stretch them. Get yourself side on your full backs. Right, or and what they do, they push the full backs further on, and the two centre backs then go like become like the full backs. Yeah, get themselves side on so they can take the ball forward with the first touch. Yeah, they couldn't pass the ball, and you could see the frustration in it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I might I might look for that again because uh, this was at Tottenham's uh, academy, and we we're talking about Tottenham's academy players. We're not talking about, by the way, 
12 and 14 year olds we're talking about the 18 year olds yeah yeah they couldn't do it right it's frightening it's unbelievable isn't it? it, it, it's, yeah. a, it, it's crazy unbelievable it's just crazy absolutely you know, if nobody wants english cultures to work uh to succeed more than me you know we can go on and we can turn around and say uh, well who's, who's to say that we would have won a world cup or a european championship i get that argument because yeah. that it's a big word yeah but we haven't won it without the alan hudson's and the uh, tony curry's and the frank worthington's right and what we make out, out as great players are the really great players i'm not saying they're not good players mm. but now they're really great players the box to box players i get that yeah right uh and when they talk about you know going into europe and all this type of thing when does our strikers surpass the major strikers in in, in other in other clubs in europe when they're playing the champions league games you know it's it's unbelievable it certainly is in the Champions League. I think we're going to be calling it the Super League because that's what it is. It's taking over domestic football. We're going to be talking about, um, is it self-inflicted, This uh, the fixture pile-up? I believe it is. We're going to talk about that later in the podcast. Uh, Jamie Insull's goal for Hales Owen against Biggles Wade last night. What a fantastic chip. It was superb, absolutely sublime. I've not uh, seen it yet, Gabby. I don't know if you've posted it. I have posted I've... it on the current view. I'm almost certain I posted I've been, it. I've been doing view. some decorating for Janet today. Yeah, I thought you'd been a bit quiet. That's why I, I, I texted you uh, early to make sure that you were okay. And uh, Don, was it Don Hyen's goal for Blackburn last night? I mean, what a strike that was. It was a kind of scorpion kick goal. The ball had come at the back. I don't know if you've seen it, but he's got his, his foot round and he stuck it into the onion bag. And Blackburn Rovers are flying, aren't they? You know, they've done well under Mowbray. They've got the under Mowbray. Yeah, same here as well. <laughs> I'm cooping. <laughs> but, they, but they are doing well. And hey, your boys are doing well. Great win last night. 3-0 away from home. And... Ipswich Town, I believe, are top. Portsmouth are, are second. In fact, I've got League One table here in front of me. Um, Plymouth third. Plymouth are a dark horse. They've done well yeah. for a num- well for a couple of seasons. Uh, Ryan Lowe was a manager, of course, yeah. there, and and they've really, you know, sometimes when you have a manager like Ryan Lowe and he's so successful and he's done really well, he leaves and they fall off the pace a little bit. But Plymouth haven't. They've really kept it up. And Sheffield Wednesday, fourth at the moment, uh, 16 points, four points behind the leaders, Ipswich. And I, I do believe you're playing them the weekend. More big, on that big, in football uh, forecast. Uh, big the game the podcast. On, uh, yeah, big game on Saturday because, you know, that's what you can definitely call a six-pointer. Absolutely. I think there's going to be a few six-pointers in League One this season. There's a number of big clubs in League One this season as well. So we are going to follow League One and Sheffield Wednesday. I'm flicking through my uh, uh, Back Pass Magazine's TC. This issue 68, New Year 2020. Uh, Trevor Francis is on the front cover. And uh, Terry Curran, memories Terry Curran, Curran of... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. With David Harrison. Uh, oh, Tommy, this week, am I? No, no, no. That was back in uh, 2020, oh, I was no, looking right. through my old uh, old Backpass magazines and I looked at the issue. Colin Todd is uh, on the front cover of issue number 69, spring of 2020. It's a magazine that I subscribe to. I love it. And uh, there's an interview, again, David Harrison, and he's interviewing Pat Howard. And I bring that up because our latest Legends of the 70s podcast is with Pat Howard. I did do it a few years ago. Chris is remastering it and just brushing it up a little bit, but we did take a mem- uh, trip down memory lane with Pat. I have done a few podcasts with Pat. We've done a game of my life when he talks about the 1974 FA Cup final against uh, um, Liverpool. And we also did a game of my life when Nottingham Forest took on Newcastle at St James's Park in 1974. A game, an FA Cup game, six round, I believe it was, that went to, they put it as a replay, but it wasn't really a replay. Yeah, um, Forest were winning and Newcastle fans went on the field, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, that involved Pat. Because what had happened, Duncan McKenzie, as Pat saw it, uh, run into um, one of the Newcastle players and was awarded a penalty. They were 2-1 up at the time. Forrest scored from the penalty spot. But before the penalty was taken, Pat Howard says to the referee, ref, it's never a penalty. And he said, it is. And he was arguing with him. And he said, if you give a penalty, you're going to have a riot. And the referee said, if you don't shut up, you're going to get sent off. He said, you send me off and give that penalty. You're going to have a riot. And sure enough, he did. And there was a riot. There was an FA inquiry. They didn't really know what to do. So they awarded another game. That game really should have gone to the city ground at Nottingham. But it didn't. It went to Goodison Park. They drew nil-nil. It went to a replay of that game. And Malcolm McDonald scored in a 1-0 victory for Newcastle and knocked out Nottingham Forest. And I still think the older Forest fans don't talk about it, or if they do, talk about it with um, much anger and anguish, because I still don't think they've forgiven them for 1974. You know what yeah, still, fans are still, like. There's still some bitterness about that. Absolutely. Fans, to be honest. But, I mean, my, my, my great memory about me playing football in the FA Cup was my first one we, we, uh, for Doncaster against Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play in that first game up at Anfield. I, w- I was on the bench, and uh, we were 1-0 up with about 10 minutes to go when Keegan equalised. 
and Kitch um, hit the crossbar to take it 3-2. As it happened, they beat us 3-0 at, um, at Doncaster, at uh, Bellevue, at the uh, Donny Rovers ground. They went on to win the Cup in 1974, beating Newcastle, 2-0, uh, 3-0, something like that. 3-0. 2-0, was it? 3-0. 3-0, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's my... I mean, yes, I played in a semi-final of the FA Cup with with, with Everton, you know. Uh, but that always comes to my mind, the... the, the with Doncaster Liverpool uh, game always always we have been touching upon um, the League Cup in the last few podcasts um, a lovely series in Backpass magazine but they haven't done the 1979 League Cup final yet so let's briefly talk about that because the League Cup final um, was played at Wembley, but before 1967, it wasn't. It was played home and away. 67, uh, the, the match between West Bromwich Albion and Queen's Park Rangers was the first at Wembley. In those days, you were given tankards uh, yes. to the players. In 1981, Liverpool were the first team to be awarded winners. You got medals. a medal in a tankard. Oh, did you get a medal as well? Yeah, you got a medal and a tankard. Oh, I thought it was just um, a tankard. Oh, so no. you got a medal as well? Yeah, I mean, I remember walking down Fitzroy Borley and then I'd gone off, gone to the dressing room. And when Borley come up, he, he came into the dressing room, he got a piece of turf. Yeah. And he put it into my uh, tankard. He said, put that in your guard because you may never get to Wembley again. He was right. Yeah, he, well, no, yeah, he was right. I mean... Mm-hmm. I could have got there with with, with Everton, but yeah. we, we beat we beat uh, by one of my old clubs, my, my old club Southampton, mm. in the semi final, and then I got an injury, so he was right. I, I never got there again, and I put it into my house uh, when I lived in Eastleigh, and when I came, when I left there to come to Sheffield, I bought an house in Cudworth, in uh, Wheatshaw Lane, and uh, I had a garden. I got the garden to put the piece of turf. Side of the garage show. I don't know if it's still there, but if it's been returfed or not, the the, the 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 old house. But I did take it back up to 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 uh, Yorkshire. And that's the experience, isn't it? And a wise old head of a player like Alan Ball, son, cherish these moments, cherish that piece of grass, put it in your garden because you might not play at Wembley again. And you know, great players. Um, George Best never played in an FA Cup or a League Cup final, for instance. Uh, Johnny Haynes never neither. You know, we've had some world-class players that never actually got to a final of the FA Cup or the League Cup. What I don't like about this Champions League, or Super League as I'm calling it now, it looks as though going forward they're going to take away the League Cup. So that's going to be another competition that a footballer can't get to the final of. That it's is, been, it's been watered down, and I don't like it. That is uh, the new Super League. Yes, it is. Yeah, Champions that's League. A, I'm calling it the know, Super League because that's what it. That, that's what it's going to be because uh, one way or the other, they're trying to get more more games into Europe. Exactly. With with the big Premier League clubs, uh, and take clubs making a breakaway is going to cause a stink. Whereas that way. They can still they can get away with it. And do you think that you know things are planned in in life, in football, in politics, etc., etc. The, the the sounding out of 
the European Super League. Everything is everything is planned. Absolutely, a breakaway. So everything when... is planned. But when you look, yeah. I, I saw things what were happening, mm-hmm. and I use. I'm on the I'm 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 on the phone tomorrow. We all we all mate Alan Hudson. How are you doing? What you doing? I'm know we're going to talk about some bits and bats and about doing a podcast and uh, things in football. What's happened to to pair of us? Yes. Now, I I could tell people stories because right? I was I was asked to go into the manager's room after games. Yes. Sometimes I went in. Sometimes I didn't go in. You know, uh, I was never one of them. You know, where people could say, "Oh, you know, his manager's teachers, his manager's pet." Mm. Yeah, every one of them, all, all like me. They might, they mind me getting sold. One day, I'll write reason why I got sold. Um, so what I'm, what I'm trying to say about all this, everything is planned. When you look, what's just happened this last two, three years, mm. right? The new, new. Right, we're never going to go back to the old. Mm-hmm. So everything has been planned for everything. Now, will it will it will it come off? Certain things, no. But I think football has got that big now, money wise. They will have some form of a super league. Yeah. You know, I I thought that there's no way that the the, the big ten, fifteen, twenty clubs throughout Europe. Would want to want that because somebody's got to finish at bottom of the league, Gabby. They have, but but the way that they do it um, will be it'll be either like the American football. Yeah, it will. It'll, like the franchise. Yeah, it'll either be like that, doing it that way, and with the American owners coming in, we've had this Chelsea fellow. He's going on about North versus South game. America love these All Star games and they love playoffs. So you know the game. Is changing. The European Super League was mooted. The breakaway, like football, was robbed in this country by the Premier League in 1992. So when they actually revamp this competition that we're currently watching, and they call it the Super League instead of the Champions League, because it's never been the Champions League. They're not champions. I think if they'd have called it the Super League, people would have stood up and gone, we don't want the Super League. You're actually watching the Super League. It's going to evolve into the Super League. There's that many games now that they're going to be having less games domestically. They're going to have less cup games. They've already stopped replays in the FA Cup and the League Cup. Straight to penalties, knockouts. You're going to have one cup competition in this country, the FA Cup. And the Champions League, the Super League, will take over because I don't think there's any appetite for them to break away and form just a league and not compete in their own domestic leagues. I think the greedy buggers want the cake and they want to eat it and they'll get their own way. I've always thought about uh, football, Mm. coaching side of it, about uh, taking us on to the next level. New ideas, right? Yeah. But, but these people tell us we play far too many games. Yeah. Right? Mm. That's what they tell us. Yeah, they do. Right. Look how they have look how they have uh, added games to the Champions League. Absolutely. And there's no complaint about that. No, there's not. No. But the complaint about um, 
too many games in our domestic league. Yeah, but they're playing less. I know, no, but what I'm trying to say to you is, mm. you know, you keep throwing mud at wall, it sticks, doesn't it? Of course it does, yeah. You keep telling everybody these players are tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These players are tired. Mm. So, 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 we're playing far too many games. People start to believe it. Yeah. And people are not going to knock it, right? What I said, people, I'm not about people in the game, they're not going to knock it. They're going to ring to say this, that, and the other mm. is an excuse. But they get paid that vast amount of money, right? Everything you say about football is in the paper, and that promotes news, that football club, and everything to do with football. So I guarantee you, they will get the way. They will get the way. Because that, that's, that's how uh, the elite uh, have gone on. I don't think they're going to get the way with, with, with the world at the moment in time. I, I still think they're going to fall by the wayside. Mm. But football has got that big and that much money in it that... I'm not saying it has to be taken on to the next level, but the money side of it, it's going to force it to go on to that uh, next level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when they do it, football is going to thank them for doing it. Oh, thanks for not doing a breakaway league. No, you're going to shaft us in another way. And, and they're going to be thanked for shafting us because that's what they always do. The people with the money, they pull our pants down and we thank them for shafting us. And that's I'll tell what you will all, be happening I'll, in the Super League. The, I'll tell you all, I wish people had stopped, or the fans, stop thinking that these owners come in and put all this money into football. Absolutely. They take more money out of their clubs Correct. than what they put into it. Yeah. There's only one man I can think of what's lost money in football. And his name is Simon Jordan. <laughs> and me and, you, me and you like him. Yeah. And by the way, when you look with somebody with that intelligence, because he, by the way, he is intelligent, that guy. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. He is He yeah. is intelligent. You know, how he lost money in football, I do not know, because he made fortunes out of a business. Mm. Right? Uh, and he's he's the only one I know what's lost money on it. it or, the fans have got to stop saying, oh, this is putting this money in, this money in, and that money in. Right? Whatever they put in, they take out, in a loan, in, in payback time, more than the loan from the bank. Absolutely. Absolutely, TC. Uh, in 1888, on the 8th, we always mention this every week on the podcast, 8th of September 1888, the Football League was started. And no, it wasn't started in 1992. And uh, the Backpass magazine, your number one football retro magazine, out now. All the W's dot backpassmagazine.co.uk and subscribe to it. It's an absolute fabulous read. I don't just read the most current one. I go back and look at some of the interviews. There's so much in there, TC, from the olden days when football was a magnificent game. And it was a game. And I say that, it was a game, it was a sport. Now it's a business and it's changed. But we did talk about the 79 uh, League Cup final. What's your memories about that apart from the turf that, that Borley gave you? Apart from the fact that you played one of your former teams, uh, Nottingham Forest, in the final. What was it like? What was the build-up to, to Wembley? And what was it like walking out at Wembley as a, a player? Because when you were a kid, you must have dreamt of... To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash srbmedia or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.